You're listening to the RV Homeschool Podcast, where we make travel educational and fun. Fill your canteen and grab some water shoes as we head to Zion National Park. Thanks for listening to the RV Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Steuben. The RV Homeschool Podcast is your source for traveling the U.S. and Canada with kids and in your recreational vehicle. We cover the sites, the logistics, campgrounds, and educational opportunities. And we tend to focus on the national parks as we are trying to take our elementary-aged girls to all of them. And we also focus on camping accommodations that work for a large motorhome. Today, we're talking about Zion National Park. So Zion National Park is one of the top 10 visited national parks. Its location puts it reasonably close to Las Vegas, so about two and a half hours away from Vegas. And then it's also pretty close to the Grand Canyon, about two hours away from the Grand Canyon, obviously in a different direction. It's one of the Mighty Five, which is the name given to the five Utah national parks. And the other national parks in Utah, of course, are Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, Canyonlands, and Arches. And on this particular trip, we were able to do Zion, Bryce, and Capitol Reef. We'd already been to Arches before, um, Canyonlands, so we decided not to do those on this trip. You could do all five of them if you had a good two or three weeks time, I would say, in order to do all of those. But for sure, go to Bryce Canyon if you're going to Zion and you have an extra day or two because they are so close together. Those two are really two that are worth just hitting up at the same time. So all we're actually talking about on the podcast today is Zion National Park, but for sure, check out Bryce Canyon if you have time and you're planning to head to Zion anyway. So the location of Zion is in southwest Utah, and it's off from Interstate I-15, north of St. George, which is really that southern westmost point in Utah. And St. George is really the largest nearby city that you have, although it's really too far to stay in St. George and then visit Zion for the day. It's just going to make for really long day trips. Instead, you probably want to stay a little bit closer. Springdale is the actual city that is right at the entrance of the south entrance for Zion National Park. So that's a good location. We actually stayed in Virgin, Utah, which isn't that much further. And I'll talk about that at the end when I always talk about campgrounds. If you're planning to see Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park, you might actually want to stay on Highway 89, which is between the two. So it puts you a little bit further distance from either park, but it puts you in a nice central location if you just want to be able to stay at the same campsite and then do day trips and travel out to the national parks. So Highway 89 is the option for that. Highway 9 is a direct path from I-15 to Highway 89, and Highway 9 is the one that goes through Zion National Park, but within Zion, there is a tunnel and there's height clearance. So this was something that I had a real hard time trying to figure out exactly what was going on with this before our trip out there, because 
you know, Apple Maps and Google and everything is trying to take us through Zion National Park to go from Zion all the way up to Bryce. And we can't do that in our particular rig. So the Zion Tunnel has a 13-foot max height and a 50-foot max length limitation to it. And actually, if you're over 11 feet, well, a little over 11 feet, you actually need an escort through the tunnel. So you have to pay for the escort fee. And I think it's like $15. And then they cautiously watch you and help guide you through as you're actually taking your RV through. So if you can clear 13 feet, you can go through the Zion tunnel, but you're going to have to um, pay for the escort, which is the $15. You can only do this during the daytime because that's when they have people there to be escorts. And you can only do this during the months where they don't have snow and the road isn't closed and stuff. So we're kind of talking about March through October-ish time frame. Um, those are the only times you can do that. And then if you have a really big rig, like we do, 13 feet is not a max height that you can do. Um, and quite honestly, once we're towing the Jeep, we don't even work within the 50-foot max length. So the option for you then is to have to take the bypass, which is to go around to get to Highway 89. And real quickly, just because this was so confusing for me and I wasn't sure how to do this, for those of you that have to do this, that are in a large rig, if you're coming from I-15 and you're coming in through the Springdale and the Virgin side and you're staying somewhere over there, then what you're going to have to do when you leave, if you want to head back up to Highway 89 and head over to Bryce, is that you're going to have to take Highway 9 back to Hurricane Utah then you'll kind of go down south onto Highway 59, take that into Arizona as it becomes Highway 389 in Arizona, and then you kind of head over to Fredonia, Arizona, and start heading back north at that point in time to get back into Utah. So all in all, this is about a two-hour detour versus what your Apple Maps and everything else is telling you for Highway 9 that goes directly through Zion. But again, that's not going to work if you have a large rig. So just so you know, you have to do that bypass. Certainly worth it to be able to go over to Bryce Canyon and see that. But just so you know, that's kind of what you're looking at in terms of the driving and the driving situation you have to do there. So there's a couple entrances to the park. If you're on I-15, you can actually exit on exit 40, and this will take you to the Kolob Visitor Center and the Kolob Canyon Road. This is kind of the upper north part of Zion National Park. Um, Once you're down on the south unit, you're not able to access this northern part without going back out to the interstate. If we would have known about this ahead of time, we would have stopped here, but we hadn't known about this. So for those of you who are new to this area and learning about this, if you're traveling south on I-15, heading from like Salt Lake City or from I-70 or anything, then stop here on exit 40. You can visit the northern part of the park for the Kolob Canyon Road. There's apparently some great hiking there, some different sites to see, and there's a lot fewer people. So it probably makes for a really nice area of the park to travel and see because the main area in Zion where the canyon's at is really busy. Once you um, are finished going there, you'll head back onto I-15 and then you exit at Highway 9. And that's your main highway that's going to take you over into um, Virgin and then Springdale, which are the two towns kind of as you're heading into the south entrance for Zion National Park. 
So Springdale has a shuttle system that can get you around town. Springdale is kind of your typical town that you would see right outside of a national park. It reminds me of the town that's right outside of Grand Canyon or Keystone, South Dakota, which is kind of outside of Mount Rushmore. So you have a bunch of hotels and then some different restaurants and kind of some touristy um, shops and stuff like that. Springdale has the shuttle system, which can take you throughout the streets um, to the different restaurants and stuff like that. So you can rely on the shuttle system that they have there. The last stop that it has, the northernmost stop, is for the south entrance of Zion National Park. And then once you get into Zion National Park, they have their own internal shuttle system for the park. And we are not a huge fan of shuttles. And if you listen to the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about that and how we tend to drive when we can drive. Um, For this particular trip, it was in May. It was the second week of May. And we decided that we were just going to get up early and drive our car into the visitor center for Zion. So we were able to drive into the visitor center. You can park at the visitor center if you get there early enough. We were able to get there by 8 a.m., And again, this was the second week of May and we were able to get parking, but I would imagine on the higher peak seasons, kind of, you know, June throughout the summer, early fall, you probably need to get there as early as, you know, seven, six 30 AM. Maybe, um, if you want to try to get one of those parking spaces, there's just a few parking spaces there at the visitor center. And then I believe there were some parking spaces at the museum, but that's really limited on how many parking spaces there are. The last place where cars can travel is the Canyon Junction um, exit. And this is the third exit for the shuttle. And that's the road that continues going through the tunnel and can take you through the park if you have a small enough vehicle to get through the park. If you want to go any further up in the canyon and you're not staying at the Zion Lodge, then you absolutely have to take the shuttle. That's, I mean, unless you're going to walk or hike the whole distance, but it's quite a way. So it's one of those places where you don't have a choice. You have to do the shuttle if you're wanting to see Zion National Park. So we even did the shuttle. And actually, it wasn't really bad for us. We caught one of the first shuttles um, in the morning, or, or at least one of the first early shuttles in the morning. And we rode the shuttle throughout the day. And every time we waited at a shuttle stop, we were able to get on the next shuttle that came up. And there were always empty seats on the shuttle. So You know, I'm sure that there's times of year where you're waiting quite a while to get onto the shuttle and it's crowded on the shuttle, but we didn't have that experience the second week of May. So good time to go, I guess. The Zion shuttle has nine stops that go through the canyon And the first one that it begins at is at the visitor center, the main visitor center, and then it ends out at the Narrows. So um, I just wanted to talk about a few of the places that we decided to stop and what I thought were some good options if you have kids with you. So from the visitor center, you actually could do a walking trail or you could bring your bikes or even your pet if you have a dog and they're on a leash. And there's a Paris trail, which is just kind of this paved trail that goes near the road and goes up and along up until the third shuttle stop, which is Canyon Junction. So you could take this trail. I think it's a little over three miles if you did the whole thing round trip. And you could do that if you wanted to bring your bikes in with you 
or you had a stroller and you wanted to have a nice, easy um, hike to be able to do or walk, or you wanted to bring your pet. Now, the one thing though, is that your pet is not going to be able to go anywhere else in the park. And obviously it's way too hot to be keeping your animals in the vehicles here in Utah in general. So um, we decided not to bring our pet just to be able to do this trail because there were so many other things we wanted to see and we didn't want to have to run back to the RV to drop her off. But if you have a few days and you want to do something that includes your pet, this is an option to do. Um, It's pretty much the only option that you can do. Instead, we went ahead and got on the shuttle bus and then took it all the way to the ninth stop, which is the Temple of Sinawava. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but also known as the Narrows Entrance or the Narrows Area. And there is an accessible path that is paved. Well, it's paved or it's flattened at least. Um, for about a mile, maybe it's a little bit more than a mile, if you go all the way out to the point where the trail ends. And this is going along the river, so you're having this gorgeous canyon view the whole time. By the way, one of the great things about Zion, we were not quite sure we were going to think that all the hype was amazing, and why do people always talk about Zion, and really, is it is it all that cool? But when you get there, you realize that you're seeing this incredible canyon that's not that different than some of the other amazing canyons that you can see when you go to the national parks, like the Grand Canyon or Black Canyon of the Gunnison. But one of the things that's so cool is that instead of being at the top of the canyon and looking down like you are at most of those other parks without kind of trekking down into the canyon, with Zion, you're already at the base of the canyon. And so you're just looking up and you have these huge mountains that are surrounding you on either side. And then there's this amazing river that's going through, which allows for this really lush vegetation and just all this beauty and these different colors, even though you are in this desert, this really hot desert. So it is fantastic and it is phenomenal. And I highly recommend it. I'd put it in our top 10, maybe even in the top five of national parks that we've been to. So super cool, definitely worth the hype. We were so glad we did it. But um, one of the things that a lot of people do is the narrows and you'll hear people talking about hiking the narrows. So we wanted to do this or at least as much that we could. And so we took the hiking path and did the flat path that goes out, like I said, about a mile that goes as far as you can go during the spring. And then during the months when the water levels are low, which is not in spring, of course, because you have the snow melting runoff that's happening. And so your your river levels are high and the flow is really fast and it's dangerous to get into the river. But later in the summer and then into the fall, the water level is low enough that you can actually wear some water shoes and kind of have your hiking sticks and you can hike in the river on the rocks and stuff and just keep hiking up along the canyon. And you can do that for miles. So I bet it's a really phenomenal view and we really would like to get back someday and be able to do that hike. Maybe even when the girls are a little bit older, as you're hiking in the water, of course, I mean, these are just rocks below you. So you're talking about things being slippery and uneven surfaces. So it's not necessarily fair to do that with little kids because they're going to have a hard time maneuvering through that and and hiking through that. And you don't want to have one of them on your back or anything on a pack because it's probably not a great safety idea. Um, but we didn't even have that option to hike because the water level was so high and so forceful. So we were only able to take the um, 
paved trail that goes along the river as far out as you can go. And that still is totally worth it. It's a beautiful view. You still want to go ahead and do that. But if you want to technically hike in the narrows, that you have to wait until it's later in the summer for the water level to be lower or in the fall. Okay, the next place that we stopped was at stop seven, which is Weeping Rock. And this is really cool because you have the um, some of the, the mountainside that's kind of coming forward and some of the rocks and the granite and everything else making up that rock. And then there's cracks in the rock where, where water runoff is kind of coming down and making these waterfalls. So it looks like the rock is literally weeping and hence the name Weeping Rock. So this is nice because it's a short little hike up there. There's a bit of an elevation climb. So if you're pushing a stroller, it wouldn't be super easy versus the accessibility path out along the narrows or out to the narrows is really easy to do if you had a stroller. That wouldn't be a problem at all. And it's easy for little kids. Weeping Rock is nice and short, so that part's great, but you're not necessarily going to want to push a stroller up this. Um, But it would be a pretty easy little hike if you had little kids. And it's very cool to see. Then the next place we stopped was on stop five, which is the Zion Lodge. Um, plus a bunch of other hikes. The Zion Lodge is neat just to see. We always like checking out the lodges, even though we never stay there at the different national parks, but we like to check them out and see them. And then they also have a little restaurant there where you can just order some food and go sit outside. So if you've been there, it's a long day and you wanted to grab some lunch, this is a great place to get some lunch and just stop and enjoy that for a while and the beautiful views. There's also a real nice easy hike to Lower Emerald Pools, which is kid-friendly, and that's only like a mile if you go out and come back. So really nice, short, quick hike to do. And then the next stop we hit up was stop two, which is the museum. And the museum's worth seeing just because the museums are always worth seeing. But this is also the location where you're going to find the park movie. So if it's a, you know how with the Junior Ranger program, sometimes if it's a time of year where it's not high season and there's not as many ranger programs going on that they allow the kids to watch the park movie instead of actually attending a ranger program, this is where the park movie is located that you're going to want to watch. So we went there to watch the park movie and check out the museum. And this was also where we turned in our junior ranger badges. So our turned in our junior ranger packets to get the junior ranger badges. We had picked up the packets at the visitor center. So our first stop before we caught the shuttle. Um, so you can go there to turn them in as well or pick them up. But then we, um, we, gave them and did the badge and the pledge and everything at the museum stop. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was the camping options. So as I mentioned, if you were trying to go to Bryce as well, you might want to stay on highway 89, Um, I think that if you're planning to at least do two or three days and you just want to be able to see Zion or at least start with just being at Zion, then you'll want to stay on that south side. So either in Springdale or before you get to Virgin, there's some BLM land called Sheep Bridge. And we saw a ton of people just totally boondocking and pulled off the side of the road. And they had these amazing views of this whole 
valley area and all the different canyons out in the distance and seemed like a really cool place to boondock. So that's just as you get off of Highway 9 and you're getting off of I-15 and it's the BLM land that's right there and there's a ton of people there. So you'll probably be able to find a good spot to stay. We actually stayed in Virgin, Utah at a place called Zion River RV Resort and we loved this campground. This was such a great campground. We will definitely stay here again. Um, even if we're traveling through the area and not doing a lot of time in Zion, um, we'll just want to stay here because it was such a great place to stay. They had a um, pool and a hot tub, and they had a great camp store. They even had a little mining area out front for the kids to play at. They have some food throughout the day. There's um, an ice cream place. They have different events going on nightly. There's a shuttle that can take you over to Zion National Park. So if you don't have a towed vehicle or um, or you just don't want to have to deal with your vehicle, you can take the shuttle over to the park. And it's also located right on the river. So if you want to head into the river and do any river stuff, it's fun to just be right there by the river. So it was a really great place to stay. And if you want to see our video review, we actually have a video review of the Zion River RV Resort on our YouTube channel. And you should be able to just search on YouTube for RV Homeschool, or you can search Zion River RV Resort Review, and it should pull up there. So that was our short and sweet synopsis of Zion National Park, and hopefully there were a few tidbits of good information in there for you to help you plan your trip. Thanks for listening. As always, we have campground video reviews and general RV videos on our YouTube channel, which is RV Homeschool. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at RV Homeschool. We tend to be there often and are more than happy to answer any questions you have about different places and hear your recommendations for our next trip. So thanks for listening and we'll see you at the next park.